When life happens, plans need to change. Shaping Change, hosted by certified financial planner Ross Marino, is dedicated to helping financial advisors better serve their clients when life takes those unexpected turns. Today, I am joined by Hannah Moore. Welcome to the show, Hannah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited that you're on here. You are like a few financial planners out there where you don't just have one thing you do. You have a practice, but you love the industry. You love to teach. You're, to teach. you're passionate. You also help financial planners learn the business as well. How about you give, give us a little history of what you've done and how you got to the point where you're at today? Yes, absolutely. So I came out of school. I had a financial planning degree. I really fell into that. Uh, I had no idea what any of that meant. Um, but I started out, I was 22, started working for a woman who was 68 in, um, you know, in financial planning. And four years later, she retired. I bought her practice, bought another small practice soon after. Um, you know, towards the end of my tenure uh, where I was at, I had between 250 and 300 clients uh, that I was working with, which is kind of a lot, especially when you see, think, when I, when I look back at and think of myself as you know 26 or 27 buying this practice that man that was a lot and so i basically um you know long story short uh i did what a lot of the consultants say to do is i you know really what i did is i started dabbling in financial planning so you know we would say we were doing financial planning but i was like is this really financial planning and there was a disconnect from what i learned in school versus what i was seeing in practice and what i was doing in practice and so i really got serious about really discovering what financial planning was and so i started um i bought a set of processes um, from somebody and I started just doing them with my clients. Um, and I'll never forget the first client that I did it. One of the first clients I did it with. Uh, I did my whole pitch and I charged $500, you know, for six meetings. And I was so nervous. And he was very, um, you know, he was, he was the guy who would come into the meetings, you know, with his like binder, you know, wrapped around. Anyway, at the end of my pitch, at the end of the meeting, he said, this is what I've been looking for, but I could ne I never had the words for it. And it was such an aha moment where I was like, this is what I want to be doing. So I started taking clients one by one through the financial planning process of, you know, of some of my existing clients who were just, I knew they would be open to it. They had the complexities. Um, we really, you know, kind of got along really well. And so I ended up, um, several years after buying the practice, I ended up leaving with my, you know, I say my financial planning clients and because that's really what it was. Uh, so I started my own RAA, brought over my top financial, you know, not just top clients, but just really my financial planning clients, because I'll tell you, when you have a financial planning relationship, it's a whole different story when you answer that phone versus not. And so um, I did that. I started my um, RA practice and going from 250, 300 clients to 20 uh, really opens up your schedule. And so I, you know, really wanted to give back, um, especially because there were so many people who taught me so much. So there was a financial um, seminar, or like an FPA DFW um, seminar series I went to called You're a Financial Planner, Now What? Uh, we, you know, the folks who ran it retired. And so I ran, started it. Um, I took over with, you know, and my husband, his background is film and media or media production. And so, um, anyway, we ended up turning that into a podcast and now we're almost 300 episodes into that podcast, teaching other financial planners how to do financial planning. So I've continued to grow my practice, but then also continued to grow this education and kind of side of what we do. Um, and that's amplified planning. And so that's taken a couple evolutions of what it looks like, but our biggest, you know, our two big programs right now is we run the FPA virtual externship, which is basically an internship type program. It's eight weeks, it's 20 hours a week. We are teaching students how to do financial planning and showing what it looks like. How do we apply? 
apply the knowledge, how do planners across the country apply that knowledge. And then we have a monthly program, $30 a month, where we are just showing real client meetings, providing um, my commentary on it, and then really letting new planners be my associate planner. They're, so they're taking the meeting notes, they're doing the creating the delivers, they're working through the client documents. We're really trying to give them this experience and this training so that they can hit the ground running when they're in their in their workplace. Or if they're like me and they didn't get the training when they started, they can really do that in advance their career. Um, so those are some of our, that's kind of a bit of my story uh, there, kind of how I got to be where, where I am. I have uh, someone in the office who is studying for their CFP and they'll be sitting for the exam within a few months. And they had a family member, family friend that wanted to become a client and needed some help. And they had agreed to let the person in the office just kind of sit in and listen to the first meeting. And we went and did a Zoom meeting for maybe 30 or 40 minutes. And after the meeting, the first takeaway was, you didn't even talk about investments at all. Mm -hmm. And intuitively we think we've got to talk about money. We're financial planners, but once you actually get into the business, all of a sudden you spend a lot of time talking about things other than money. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. But you know, I think about myself, what would I want to go talk to a financial planner about? Like, yes, there's nuts and bolts. I want to make sure that, you know, we're doing, we're, we're checking these things off, but you know, money's a means like what, what's the bigger story? What's that bigger, you know, and that's really, I think where our sweet spot is, it's financial planners. The first sentence on your homepage of your planner website. I love it. It says, we love financial planning mm -hmm. and believe it's about so much more than numbers and spreadsheets. And I thought, I agree. So what's it about? Oh my gosh, it is about so much more. It's about helping people live their lives, right? It's helping them really, you know, take control of their finances. You know, it's about so much more. You know, I talked about the gentleman I met, you know, my second my, my second client that I pitched financial planning to. Um, you know, they've been able to retire and live this life that they never like they never thought they'd be able to. I worked with younger clients who have told me that because of financial planning, how we were able to restructure their debt and kind of put them on a plan, they're able to think about starting a family now, where they told me that like they, never, they didn't think that they'd be able to have kids because of their financial situation. You know, it's it's one of the most powerful things because everybody deals with money, right? Like it's just the air we breathe in, you know, everything, money touches every aspect of our lives. And if we can really help people kind of harness this and really bring it into alignment with what's important to them, what's important to their families, like it changes lives and not just changes lives. Like it can change generations of families. Like it is one of the most impactful and meaningful things, certainly from a career standpoint that I can imagine. Um, but you know, it's, it is incredibly, incredibly powerful and seeing it. And like, that's the thing, you know, a lot of what we do with new planners, it's like, how can we show them what this looks like? How can we really bring this to life for them of, of what this looks like? Uh, we recorded some client meetings, uh, with, with this couple and I'll, I'll tell you by well it's all about perspective right how much is a lot and how much is a little um by a lot of i would say textbook financial planning um they don't have enough for retirement their plan fails you know all of this and we it was such they were so gracious and they came back and did a live q a with all of the students who had been watching watching along with these financial planning meetings and we got to ask them what was the value of financial planning and you know what they said they said it was hope that it gave them hope that they were going to be able to um, retire even though it was not what they wanted even though when we looked at the numbers they were going to have to spend like significantly like 30 to 40 percent less than they were right now in retirement but that was a word that they used was 
hope. It wasn't, you helped me, you know, do some Roth conversions and blend an S Corp in my business and, you know, maximize my investments. It was hope is what we were, what they got from it. And that's really what we can do as financial planners. Well, when we take people to a point where now they know what they have to work with, mm -hmm. some of that uncertainty goes away. I, I just yep. read in, uh, what was it? Geometry of Wealth. So Brian Portnoy, yep. and he was talking about how as humans, we have this ability to adapt to something yep. that's awesome or something that's terrible because we adapt, you know, the hedonic yep. adaptation, we become happy afterwards. Maybe you show them that they don't have enough money or they're going to have to cut back, but now they know what they have to work with. What, what yep. a, a freeing uh, piece of information and to now say, you know what? Okay, here's the numbers. I guess we can figure it out. But when you don't have a clue, yeah, that's hopeless. What a terrible place to be. So great work. Yeah. And that's what we do as financial planners. We provide this clarity on, their, on people's lives. I mean, we don't know, right? We're not nobody's trained and how much money do you need for retirement? How, you know, what are the systems in place? Like what are the social security rules? I mean, like, yes, anybody can go and Google it and figure it out and go to a Reddit forum or go to Bogleheads, all of that. And, but what we, you know, what we can do is we just bring this into our clients and we, we simplify, we bring clarity and we simplify it. And then we, clients can leave us so much confidence and gosh, it's what, it's what makes me excited to get up every day and come to work. Yeah, I wonder if the prediction of the wave of financial planners retiring, which has yet to come to fruition, I keep seeing the average age of the financial planner keep increasing year Ticking after year. Ticking up, yep. <laughs> you know, is it because we get up on Monday morning and think, this is cool. I really love doing mm -hmm. this. So uh, I'm going into work today and you know, we just can't quite process. Well, let, let's switch a little bit. So yeah. I know you're passionate. Uh, I know you're creative. You say it's not about numbers, it's not about spreadsheets. You're communicating and trying to teach clients. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways you connect with them and illustrate their principles and concepts you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I love to say is our clients will be our greatest teachers if we let them. And so in working with clients, you know, there have been several times where I've been working with them, kind of doing what traditionally works. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm sensing something isn't connecting. And so I touch base with them and see like, what's going on? And so anyway, one of the things that really um, was broken for me was how we did budgeting with clients and, and looking at those numbers. And so I um, ended up, you know, kind of how the story goes, if you would, I was doing, you know, some budgeting with clients and I basically stopped because I was like, number one, we're wasting time. We're not seeing results. And I was taking the approach, I think a lot of financial planners take where it was just like, you come to me with how much money you have left at the end, and then we'll figure out how to plan for this. And I wasn't getting into the weeds and that just wasn't good enough for me. Um, and so I had a couple, two very high income earners basically came in to me as a prospect and were just like, we don't know where our money is going, what do we do? And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna figure this out. And so I just wrestled with this. I sat, I'm like, how else can I talk to them about their budget? Because this spreadsheet isn't gonna work. Uh, and so anyway, what I did is I went to an education store and actually got a set of blocks. Um, and and I like literally showed up with this rainbow set of blocks. And I was like, okay, I've never done this before, but I think it's gonna work. I was like, let's do your budget in blocks. And they did it and they loved it. And so like, what was so cool, so in this story, um, they were looking at, so they're, they're literally standing up, completely engaged, moving things around the table, seeing all their money. And at one point, so the, it's all laid out. And so they're just looking at it. And the wife goes, she just goes, she's like, wait a minute. 
this is our debt and this is our mortgage. I was like, yeah, she grabbed their mortgage because she had put it like they categorized it differently. She grabbed her mortgage, put it with all of her other debt and just said, oh my God, is that how much debt we have right now and how much payments we have for debt? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh my God, that has to stop. And no matter how many we do, we do on spreadsheets, like how many numbers we do, no matter how pretty we make our spreadsheet, that experience is not something that she was going to be getting on a spreadsheet. And so it is a way to visually show your budget, your budget. Now, like, you know, it basically shortcuts our brain to where, you know, we're not having to think in terms of numbers. Now, I love numbers. I love a good spreadsheet. Um, but the reason why a lot of clients come to me is because they're not like that. And so it really helps visualize. It helps couples. Um, if there's two people get on the same page, um, because you know, you, oftentimes I find one is better than the other at budgeting and spreadsheets and things like that. It really evens a playing field, but yeah, we will play with blocks in my client meetings and we will um, get to see their budget. So we, we lay out their budget kind of how, how did you spend money? What's the reality? And then I let them reallocate it. And then, you know, if they overspent, it's a different color so they can visually see. And that's usually the first thing they're just like, okay, we can't be overspending money here. Let me take out these blocks and how are we going to rearrange this? And it really just, you know, it just, it enhances that conversation conversation that we're having with clients. There are so many ways to be innovating what we're doing uh, with our clients. Anytime a client doesn't understand, the issue is not that our clients are dumb, our clients don't know. The issue is we haven't figured out an effective way to communicate with them. And if we approach our clients this way, oh my gosh, like the we, we would just come up with so many new solutions. We would be able to help people in just such a more meaningful and deep way just across financial planning. And so anyway, that's just one example of kind of a different way that I approach working with my clients. Well, and it's a great explanation because if people love numbers and spreadsheets and we have clients like that, yeah, some of them don't need a lot of help from us. They just yeah. need more of the human side. They've already got the numbers figured out. But when you, yeah. if you can assume that most people don't want to do all the numbers, well, that's why they're coming to us. So we have yeah. to figure out ways to communicate them, not in the numbers that we have, because if they loved them, they probably wouldn't be Maybe sitting with us to begin with, right? They'd so, be my colleague versus my client. Right. They, they would be in there, really becomes a challenge. Well, uh, you know, you, you started in the business young and, and listening to what you were doing, I was laughing, thinking, you know, being a quick start is a life sentence. And you figured that out, I'm sure. <laughs> at this point, yes. right? It, it's part of it. And uh, and then I thought, well, fear of failure is not going to hold her back. That's pretty awesome. So just I mean, <laughs> talk about just jumping in the river, Hannah. Uh, hey. you know, it's, it's great. But you know, you, you love what you're doing. You knew you loved it. I, I, I'm in the same camp. I started at 21. Uh, yeah. Loved it. Haven't done anything else since. So I, I, I think it's great. But as we mature as financial planners, there, there's an evolution we go through. And I think one of the epiphanies we hit, uh, it, it sometimes shakes our foundation. And that is we put together these plans. We have this linear process in our mind of yeah. here's the process, here's the six, the seven steps, here's what we're going to do. And it looks great. It looks great on the screen. You're going to have enough money. We're going to go on this track. And then by next week, that plan doesn't have a lot of value because life happens and plans have to change. And, and I know you understand that. You even said how financial planning isn't linear. Was there a time when that started to shift for you where you realized, you know what, this plan that I put together, it's got a pretty bow on it, but ain't happening. Yeah, you know, it was 
there is a handful of times, you know, certainly working with clients, you know, one of the things I always want to be attuned to is, is, you know, one of the greatest strengths a financial planner can have is listening well. And I think if we listen well, we're going to connect when there's like when, when it disconnects with the client and asking those questions. Um, I'll tell you, I've worked with a number of widows and traditional financial planning, it just doesn't work the same way. It, you know, when they're coming in and their whole world has just collapsed because they just lost their spouse, you're not going to be able to come in there and be like, okay, we're going to do a get to know you meeting. And then we're going to review your insurance. And then we're going to review, you know, your estate plan. Like that's just not how, where their minds are. And that's not how we're going to be able to connect. And um, so really for me working with, you know, there were some widows that were doing it. And there was just also just, you know, some fundamental disconnects as I started working with some clients where I was just like, you know, I talked about the budgeting blocks, like that system. I don't do it with all my clients, right? Like I, I don't, like, it's not like, this is part of my process that we do. We offer it to all clients and probably, you know, 60 to 75% take us up on it. Um, but it's not for everybody. And, um, but just realizing that like, it's so easy to get married to the process versus forgetting the people that we're serving. And so I think when I really focus on the people, I realize where the process fails. And that's not a bad thing, right? Proce like processes need to adapt. Like we are humans and people, like of course we're not gonna be, you know, of course we're not gonna, I don't know anywhere where it's just, you know, you, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. I mean, certainly from being married, I'll tell you that's not the case, you know, but you know, any real, being a parent, like there's every example um, in relationships and humans. And really at the end of the day, we're working with humans and we're working with people and, and people aren't linear. And so we can have a linear process and that's incredibly important. Uh, but when we start working, it's, it, we realize that a lot of what we're doing with financial planning isn't linear at all. Life happens and good and bad um or priorities change value shift you know one of the things that just drives me crazy as i'm talking with some some planners is they get so frustrated with their clients when they're like we met them last time and now like they're saying something else and i'm like no, 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 we have to allow for our clients to adapt and change because we do as people, right? Who I was three years ago is different than who I am today. What's important to me, what are my values? Like, yes, my values should stay the same, but how that's playing out is gonna be different. And we have to be able to allow for that and flex for that. And I would say expect that from our clients. On your website, you have a couple boxes, retirement planning, transition mm -hmm. planning, and you can click on either. Uh, I'd imagine a lot of people coming you to coming to you for the first time, maybe coming for one of those two things. What do, what do you think the mix is of people reaching out to you? Is it just retirement planning, half and half transition planning? How are they coming to you? Yeah, it's well, it's interesting. Retirement planning is actually kind of dialed down. So, you know, it's we're getting younger clients who are just trying to make sure that they're, you know, am I on the right track? What do I need to be yeah. doing? How much house can I buy? Things like that. And then it's a lot of this is transition planning where they're just like, I don't fit in a box. You know, I don't fit in this, in this nice box. Like I have financial fires that I don't know how to put out. I need help. And like, yes, retirement planning is part of that equation, but there's so much more going on. And so we're finding more and more that those are going to be some of the relations that those are the people that we're, we're working with right now. Uh, we just had a client who just signed up with us recently and, you know, we need to go through all of those traditional stages of financial planning, right? Like the insurance, the estate planning, like all of those pieces. But it's like, if we don't, triage this, if you will, if we don't see what's most important, 
number one, the client isn't going to, to be, um, they're not going to be engaged. So I did a role play several years ago. It was actually at a set of money conference and now it's a, you know, um, financial transitionist. And so we role played, um, being a client and being a planner. And so they gave this complex case or whatever. And I, I remember I was the business owner and there was some issue that I had on it. And I remember reading it. And so you're supposed to like, you know, embody the person or whatever. I, couldn't let go of one issue. It was stuck in my head for whatever reason. And so this planner across from me, and she's incredible. I think she's one of the top planners in the country. Um, and she was like working with me and like, I literally couldn't hear her. Like she was saying all the right things, but all I could think about was this one issue. And I like, couldn't like, it was, it was, it was like one of the most jarring experiences and one like very actually transformational one for me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, our clients are coming to us with issues that like, they just like, what, if she would have addressed that immediately, I would have been able to be on track for everything else. But because she didn't, I literally couldn't hear her. Like I could hear her, but like, I couldn't comprehend what she was saying. And so I think so often, you know, when we just go process, 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 we have to listen to that client because our process isn't going to work because we're humans at the end of the day. Um, and no matter how much I wish I could just flip that switch off, <laughs> I'd be a heck of a lot more productive. <laughs> I, we can't do that. And I think that's also the beauty of, of what we do as financial planners. The transition planning is becoming so much more apparent in how, mm -hmm. how valuable it is. And, and I think it's all over the industry now. I love yeah. what Susan Bradley has done. The designation, I've earned it, you've earned it, yep. powerful. Um, I also have my first case study experience at a, a conference yeah. for the Financial Transitionist Institute, remembering how angry I was getting at someone who was yeah. role-playing and what they were saying because it was yeah. so real to me. And, and sitting there actually thinking, there is no, wait, stop. This is a case study, but I had to check myself because these are the situations people get into. And uh, I don't know if I would have ever thought about it. Well, scratch that. I would have never thought about it until you dive yeah. into transition planning and realizing you have to meet people where, where they're at. Um, has that been a struggle for you coming from the planning process or did you think you just fell into it pretty quickly? I think I fell into it pretty quickly. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that I did in my career um, is I bought this practice and I was like in over my head. Like that's yes. just, well, I think that's just a given based yeah. on the facts. Um, but what I did is I got help right away and training right away. And so when I was 26, I guess right around that time, I ended up signing up for that financial transitionist um, or set of money at the time, kind of that training, because I was like, I want to figure out how to be really great with clients. And I knew that the sooner that I did it in my career, the better off it was going to be. Number one, I was just like, I need these skill sets. Um, but I knew, you know, just like investing, if you invest early, you know, like when you, you know, add some decades onto it and, you know, you're going to be in good shape. And so I really kind of viewed that with my education um, as a financial planner. It was, if I could do that, the sooner I could do it, the better off I was going to be in my career. Uh, was really my approach. And so, you know, I think a lot of it was, um, I just remember, <laughs> I remember I did not grow up with money. I mean, my dad worked at Walmart. My mom stayed at home with the five kids. You know, like it was just, I did not, like I didn't know anybody who needed a college degree to go to to do their job except for teachers. Um, you know, so that, that was my background, stepping into this financial planning space where that's not the kind of clients I work with, right? And, and I realized, you know, and that was a really big struggle for me, kind of especially when I started, as so many new planners it is. And the thing that I realized is that money is just the packaging on it. It's about the person inside. And, you know, money just creates these 
these other, you know, stories, you know, the issues are the core issues tend to be the same money just changes the packaging on it and so when i really looked at this you know when i started i realized how important it was to listen and i remember several conversations where i didn't know what to say i was so scared kind of asking some more of these personal questions but i just listened and I would just let it be silent. And then I was shocked because the client wasn't appalled at me. The client was like, actually said something super interesting and thoughtful and like reflective um, after that. And it was one of those where I was just like, oh, the value of listening really just kind of shook me. And I realized like that was my, that was my ace in my pocket for this. The clients don't need me to have the same background of like, I need to come from millions of dollars. They don't need me to, to do that. They need me to have the financial expertise. They need me to care about them as a person and be able to listen to them well. And if I could do those things, then like I was going to be, I was going to be okay. And so I think the focus on the listening and the deep listening, exquisite listening, if you would, if you follow the clauses, um, is, is something that I think really, really helped me kind of when I, when I understood that. And for me, it was almost survival because I was like, I don't know what to say in these meetings. Uh, and, and so I let the client say it instead. Um, and so I think for me like that, just especially at such a young age, getting that kind of shifting that mindset, um, really, really made a big difference. Fantastic explanation. Hannah, thanks so much for being on the show. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Shaping Change with Ross Marino. This show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results. Visit rlsummit.com to learn more.